Thank you for listening to Lone Star Community Radio. This program was broadcasted and recorded live from the LSCR studios in downtown Conroe, Texas. Lone Star Community Radio is supported by listeners like you. Donate and sponsor today. For more information on getting involved with Lone Star Community Radio, contact us at lscrstudios at gmail.com or visit us online at www.irlonestar.com. A continuación, Voces en Acción, el programa comunitario que informa a la comunidad latina. Voces en Acción, la verdad en acción. Voices in Action, the truth in action. Now, con ustedes, Jenny Ibarra. Buenos días, buenas noches, donde quiera que usted esté. Eh, nuevamente Jenny Rosales con Voces en Acción, trayéndole la información diaria de las cosas que se necesitan para poder estar informados en caso de una emergencia, en caso de, de que necesite algo y al mismo tiempo educarlo, educarlo lo más que se pueda, porque estos tiempos están para educarnos. Este, Voces en Acción al servicio de ustedes y la comunidad de Conroy, Montgomery y todo, todo el mundo, alrededor del mundo. Hoy este, también quiero darle un shout out a nuestro, a nuestro patrocinador, First Financial Bank, que siempre ha estado ahí con nosotros, siempre nos han apoyado y son parte de nuestra comunidad desde 1900. Gracias por el servicio de First Financial Bank. Um, good afternoon, good day, whatever you are. Jenny Rosales with Voces in Action here, bringing you all the information and that all the things that we need to know within the Montgomery County, Texas, everywhere in the world. And especially today, we're going to have a fun um, conversation with um, a person that I dearly love. He's one of our servants, and he's an amazing guy. He's going to talk to us about everything that is going on in the community. And now, a shout out now to First Financial Bank, because they've been with us all this time, and they're supporting my show and supporting everybody in the community. Thank you so much, First Financial, for your help and for being since the 1900s with us. We got with us Wesley Doolittle, Captain Wesley Doolittle. To me, it's funny because when I see this kid, I'm thinking he's a captain and he's so young. <laughs> Estamos con el Capitán Wesley Doolittle. Él es el Capitán del Precinto 1 del área de Montgomery County. Sir, it's an honor having us, having your presence with me. Thank you. I, I always bring, I, I've been behind your boss, yes. <laughs> which I, you know, Philip Cash, Kisses because I love yes. that man, uh, but he's always busy. He's and I a told him once, yes, an amazing guy. He's doing so much for the community. So I needed to bring somebody that will be able to talk to us of everything because the Hispanic community is okay. so ignorant about your jobs. And that's something that is little for us. We need to know why they bring a captain, why they bring a, a sheriff. You know what I mean? What yes. is it, you know, where we are, what are the boundaries, things like that. So that's what I brought you over here. Perfect. <risa> Le estoy diciendo que lo traje porque es bien importante para nosotros como comunidad, la comunidad hispana, que sepamos qué es lo que es un capitán, qué es lo que es un sheriff, qué es lo que es un constable, cómo trabajan, cuáles son los diferentes tipos de trabajo que ellos hacen y por qué nosotros tenemos que ayudarlos para que ellos hagan su trabajo, porque ellos están respondiendo por nuestras vidas. Wesley, you're a captain. You were a Texas Ranger. You worked for DPS for 22 years, and you decided, hell, I'm out of here. Yes. 
basically. You wanted the big stuff because what you're doing is more dangerous right now than what you were doing as a trooper. Don't uh, you think so? I don't know. I, really? Uh, you know, as a trooper, I worked by myself a lot uh -huh. in unincorporated areas. Okay. And I would stop cars sometimes with one person just driving, and then there would be three, four, five, six, seven people sometimes, oh. and I would uh, – interact with them out on the roadways like on a state highway 105 between Beaumont and Cleveland where there's there's really nobody else out there but you and the violator that you stop oh so it's very very dangerous situations then the yeah when I think about it dealing with people uh on the roadways as a trooper you do that by yourself a lot but then you're also on the highways and interstates and there's lots of traffic so you're at risk to be run over or to step out the wrong way in traffic. You exactly. Know, it's something that exactly. somebody can hit the back of your car. My training partner, when I was a trooper, his car got hit while we were still in training. So it's something that, that scares a lot of troopers uh -huh. about traffic. Uh -huh. So it's dangerous. O sea, le estoy diciendo que él, él fue un DPS, un trooper, los que vemos en los, un highway patrol, lo que le llamaríamos, yeah. ¿verdad? Él trabajó 22 años de ser Highway Patrol y en el 2022 se salió de ese departamento y se juramentó como capitán ahora en el departamento de, 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 de constables del área de, de, de Montgomery en el, en el precinto 1. Le digo que salió de un lugar tan tranquilo para meterse en algo mucho más violento, porque acá, acá como, como con el área de, de, de precinto 1, es policía, básicamente está en, entre la gente y es bastante peligroso. Me dice, no te creas, me dice, el trabajo como trooper también, estamos manejando, tenemos que parar a las personas, a veces puedes parar a una sola persona, a veces siete, ocho personas en el carro, entonces tú no sabes quién te va a hacer un daño, tú no sabes si van a pasar volando y te van a pegar en la parte de atrás, dice que en su primera semana de trabajar, eh, uno de los compañeros de él estaba parqueado para que atender un, una persona y le pegaron en la parte de atrás del carro, así que dice que hay tantos tantos peligros por todos lados. So the danger is everywhere. You never know where you're going to expect it. Okay. You know, you think about it, just being in uniform, that uh, you can become a target of somebody wants to do harm to first responders, which we've seen in the past several years. Just exactly. Just kind of the cultural things, the, uh, the things where law enforcement wasn't viewed in a positive light. Uh -huh. You know, they were uh, more negative uh, connotation toward law enforcement. So that was scary. Dice que lo, eh, es, un, es raro porque dice que la gente no lo pone de esa manera, pero básicamente ver el peligro. Cuando tú estás con un uniforme y sobre todo eres first responder, no importa qué, qué, qué uniforme tengas, estás en peligro. Y la gente, sobre todo en los últimos, en los últimos años, hemos much, visto mucha agresión en contra de los policías y los first responders por esa razón, porque no, no, ven, nos ven como peligro, los intimidamos, nos quieren hacer daño, etcétera, etcétera. Sarah, that's something that I respect from you guys. I do back, because, you know me, I back up the blue 100%. Yes, um, and, and I know because basically it's, in, it's in a constitutional right of us. We have to have uh, people to understand that due to the Constitution, the way it was written, you guys are here to serve us, to protect us, not to, to, to harm us. You know what I mean? Right. But there's a lot of people that are coming and they have the power and they abuse of the power. That's probably what they're afraid of, you know? Do you think it's because of cultural differences, maybe from the country they're from, might not have the same level of professionalism, or why do you think that is? They're afraid of uh, so many things. My community, as you know, they're afraid of immigration. They're afraid of the co the, the commissioners. They're afraid of the commissioner. Yeah. Commissioner Riley came to me and said, Jenny, they don't want to talk to me because they think I'm, I'm – 
I'm not gonna put them. I'm gonna send them to immigration. They're not they, because they they are afraid of anything that has to have a uniform. They have to come to them because they know they're illegal. Some of them, they're just okay. you know, they have seen so much things in the in the media that has rotten the information correctly okay. because it has you know misinformation. The misinformation has gotten into the Hispanic community, and that's the issue why they're afraid of you guys. Okay, without knowing what is it that you really do, you know, okay. the involvement that you got there. Um, I see um, that you guys not only deal with arrest, you deal with uh, mental issues, you deal yes. with hospitals, you deal with the water district, you deal with so many things and people don't even know that. Right. So what, what, is, what, is, your, what is your opinion about this right now? What is it that we as a Hispanic can do to assist you working better, you know, especially in your job? I think the biggest thing that I found, like when I was a ranger, uh, I'd go to small communities and work, homicides, kidnapping, sexual assaults, things like that. And one of the biggest things that I found that benefited me as a state police officer going into more local areas is the expertise of the local law enforcement there, where they would, they knew their community, right? They knew the people that lived there that were supposed to be there, what they drove what their tendencies were, what the culture of the community was. And those are really important things. I think the community needs to know their law enforcement and know them individually as well to where they, they trust them and they know that when they call them, they can share information with them and no harm is going to come back to them, right? Exactly. Yeah. So so that's why you left Troopers, because you wanted to be more into connection with the community, am I right? I wanted to be more local, yeah. Uh, as a state police officer, you can be sent anywhere. You travel exactly. around. I was stationed in Victoria, McAllen. You were everywhere. Uh, in Houston and Tomball, Cleveland, wow. and Conroe. Wow. <laughs> so, I, so moving into this place, you're more central now with your family. You're yes. married, am I right, sir? I'm married. And How many kids do you have? Four kids. Yeah. Wow. So. And they're not babies. They're big kids yeah. already, am I right? They're all grown. Hey, sorry, Wesley. How old are you? Because you look so young. <laughs> I'm 50. You don't even look that age, well, sir. Thank you. You know, I'm, you're close to me. I'm 55, 56. Right. I just turned 56. So, yeah, you are very young. I feel young. <laughs> you so. look such a baby face. That I'm, you. People think that you're just a kid. That's what you're thinking. Right. <laughs> yeah, and when I was a trooper, I would stop people and say, you're not old enough to stop me. You're not old enough to be a They will tell you that. Le digo que él nos está explicando de que cuando él trabajaba como policía del Estado, un state trooper trabaja para el Estado correctamente. No trabaja directamente en las comunidades. Automáticamente a él lo mandan por todos lados. Él puede estar en Victoria, puede estar en Houston, Houston lo pueden poner en Tomba, ha ido por todos lados. En cambio, un policía, por lo menos ahorita donde él está trabajando como capitán en el Distrito 1, él se encarga nada más de ese distrito. Entonces, la diferencia es que él tenía que entrar y ver eh, todo tipo de, de problemas, de asaltos sexuales, robo y todo como state trooper. Y cuando llegaba, se daba cuenta que los policías que estaban en la comunidad, sabían quiénes eran las personas, tenían dónde vivían, cómo vivían, qué es lo que hacían y todo, porque tenían más conocimiento y más contacto con la persona. Él, él decide salirse de State Trooper y es porque quiere estar con su familia más estable. Está casado, tiene cuatro hijos, 
tiene 50 años, aunque tiene la cara de bebé. Y le digo yo que tiene una cara de bebé porque es súper joven. Y me dice, sí, mucha gente lo paraba y le decía, tú me puedes parar a mí si tú eres un chiquillo. Tú me y se lo dicen, pero tiene la cara de bebé, pero es un muchacho que ya tiene una familia formada. Casualmente, your wife is Hispanic, am I right? Yes. La esposa es hispana. Así que automáticamente es uno de nosotros. Este señor trabaja para la comunidad dando nuestra ayuda. Y ella dice que lo que él, él se refiere es que ve el bloqueo de que muchos de nosotros no aceptamos la presencia de un policía o la presencia de un, un first responder porque pensamos que nos van a llamar a emigración o nos van a dar algún tipo de, 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 de citación o nos van a llevar presos por algo que no debería ser. Y eso es lo que él quiere, él quiere poner, que tenemos que ayudarlos a ellos a entender de que ellos vienen a ayudarnos. They need to understand that you're coming to their houses or you're coming to them to help them. Yes. That's, why you're, that's, that's your whole work, help. What is the nature of the call? Did they call us there? Are we going there to follow up on something? I think that people might fear if a policeman shows up at their house and they didn't call them that maybe something more is wrong and that's not as comfortable of a situation for them because you're coming and they don't know why. Exactly. Dice que la mayoría del tiempo cuando son llamadas telefónicas, la gente lo llaman, ellos van ahí y tienen que ver la naturaleza de la llamada. Ven la naturaleza de la llamada, llegan y preguntan y muchos dicen, bueno, si yo no los llamé o alguien los llamó, ¿para qué estaban aquí? Y les da miedo, se sienten intimidados y no les permiten trabajar como debería ser. So basically, they shouldn't be afraid, they shouldn't be intimidated, they should let you guys ask the questions and, and, and respectfully You know, and I understand that because I've been stopped by a trooper, and yes. I've been a magnificent trooper. I was stopped by the trooper because one of my tailback lights was off, and I was, mm -hmm. I, it was in the middle of the night, and you know, I'm older, so I'm trying to see, and I put the brights <laughs> in the middle of the highway. So he stopped me. He's like, can I get your, and, and I, of course, pulled, and I was, you know, and he's, I gave him my, my ID and everything, very yes. respectful. I was not afraid because I was able to communicate the language. Right. And I knew that something was wrong because I was not driving over the speed limit. Okay. So he was not going to put me a speed limit ticket. He says, I stop you because your tail light is out. And on the yes. top of that, you had your brights on in the middle of the night, you know, eight o'clock at night. And yes. people cannot see when I say, I told him, sir, I cannot see. <laughs> He said, I understand. But whenever you have your beam, beams out, try to turn them off whenever somebody's coming. Don't let yes. them on because you're going to blind somebody. <laughs> Right. Uh, what do you do if you're stopped by law enforcement? What, what, how should you behave? Because it's an interaction between people, right? Exactly. So we need to understand what's happening. So most of the time, a lot, if a police officer stops you for a traffic stop, they've got a violation of state law or some kind of reasonable suspicion of intoxication or something like that. That's when the state troopers stop you. Or okay. any, any police officer, like a constable can stop you. Okay. A sheriff can stop you. A, a police officer, like Conroe Police Department. Exactly. Um, Texas Parks and Wildlife. You don't think about all the law enforcement that we have out there that enforces state law. 
Okay. So just about any uh, policeman that works traffic will stop people for traffic violations on the roadway. So like when you get stopped, you're supposed to, when you see emergency lights, pull over to the right-hand side of the road and stop your vehicle. Okay. Él nos va a hablar ahorita, nos está hablando de cómo nosotros tenemos que reaccionar cuando un policía nos para en la calle, que es algo técnico que la gente no sabe y que eso es que cualquier policía uniformado, tanto un constable como un sheriff, como eh, un, un como state trooper o un policía regular de la calle de Conroe o de Houston, te pueden parar. Es normal, te paran. Porque ellos están viendo que hay algo, algo que ellos identificaron en tu carro, porque ellos sacan tu licencia, sacan tus placas desde afuera con las cámaras que ellos tienen. And I'm, that's something people don't understand that when you're stopping somebody, you already saw the plate and you run the plate in five minutes. You get that information and you know if you need to stop that person or not. You know what I mean? They think that they just stop you because stopping you. No, okay. <laughs> I stop you because guess what? I stopped that, that, that person and that person has a warrant. Right. And you don't even know. With probable cause. It's a probable cause most yes. of the time. Mm -hmm. Like a small traffic violation, like no front license plate on your vehicle. Okay, you perfect. You can be stopped for that. Your tail light being out. Uh -huh. Failure to dim your headlamps. Okay, dice que son cosas que van en la, en la lista de lo que tú estudias supuestamente para tomar la licencia. El tener las luces de atrás eh, apagadas en tu carro. Este, eh, tener las, las luces eh, grandes, las altas ponérselas a las personas. Tú no puedes poner las luces altas en un highway. Tú no se te permite porque la visibilidad es para todos. Así que tienes que acostumbrarte a manejar con la luz baja. Este, el tener este, una, un, que ellos han leído, han leído tu placa y ven que tienes un, un probable caso, una, 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 una probabilidad, causa probable de un arresto porque no, no, no estás sometido a un warrant arrest que tienen en tu récord. Eh, have you found cases that you pull the, the you pull the, the the plate and that's a stolen car i imagine you have done a lot of those am i right i haven't had a whole lot of those but, but you uh, have i've seen it uh -huh. i've seen people take uh this is something common that like robbers and stuff will do okay They'll go steal a, a car mm -hmm. they'll take a front plate off of a vehicle that's similar to the one they're driving that people might not notice the front plate is stolen okay and they'll put it on the back of their car and when law enforcement runs it they're getting a return on a vehicle that's not reported stolen so they may or may not be dealing with a stolen vehicle and most of the time when you're dealing with a vehicle You run the license plate and you get the last couple numbers of the VIN plate. Okay. And you compare them to a license plate to see if it's the same vehicle. Oh, okay. That's that's a lot of work. Because <laughs> you got to track the whole thing and drink. Okay. Él dice que ha pasado, le pregunto que si ha visto muchas veces que cuando para un carro porque ve que la placa no, no está, está sido reportada como robada. Y me dice, sabes que he tenido eso, lo he visto, pero también he visto donde una persona se roba el carro, los, los ladrones, son específicos, agarran el carro, el pla, la placa de un carro similar al que ellos se robaron, y han puesto, a, le han robado la placa de adelante, y esa placa de adelante la utilizan para, para el carro de ellos, y automáticamente cuando la sacan, probablemente el señor se robó el carro, pero tienen que ver el número del BIN del carro para entonces hacerle cor correctamente a ver si las placas están registradas bajo el mismo bajo el mismo BIN number. Y eso es un trabajo que tienen que hacer eso. So that's when you go back there, get the license plate, get the, get the, the BIN number, get everything, and of course the insurance, and then you match everything together before yes. doing an arrest or doing anything. Yes. So, and that's when you guys got a risk because it's perfect 
fly or these people gonna start shooting you guys or things like that am i right things uh like my career has been uh, at times more dangerous than others i guess um Doing traffic stops, I think, is dangerous. Uh, it's dangerous. For you. And mm -hmm. I've done search warrants where we wow. uh, kicked people's doors in, served uh, search warrants, uh, went in there, served arrest warrants, and brought people to the jail and ultimately to the courts to be held accountable for what they've done. Wow. That's bad. I, don't so, know, I couldn't do that. No, I imagine your wife, God bless her soul, <laughs> going to bed every night thinking, God bless you. That's the only, you know, right. just thinking nowadays, I imagine how she is. Because nowadays it's getting worse than what it was before. By, you know, when you and I were, because I'm almost your yes. age, we were, you know, the, we used to respect the police officers. I think there was a different level. Of it's a different, exactly, completely. And then there was nothing like, you know, you shoot a police officer back then in the 70s, <laughs> you're dead meat because believe right. me nowadays they're so used to doing so much irrespectful things to you guys how do you guys cope with this like as an individual as a corporation as and as individual because you have to do it twice you have to it's like double right i think as far as our agencies go we make sure that our guys are wearing their bulletproof vest when they're out working and answering calls and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. We train and use tactics that are more beneficial or to our safety. So when you're approaching, let's say, a family violence call, maybe you don't park directly in front of the home so you can observe. When you're okay. going into situations where there's things happening and you're not sure, to take the time to look at what's happening on that call, to listen to the call notes, to look at the history of things that happened at that house, and then to take all that information in as you approach to, to speak with the people. Dice que la técnica que tiene, que él ha, visto que la, él ha estado en muchas situaciones de mucho peligro. Ha entrado a servir eh, arrestos, ha recogido personas para llevar a la cárcel, ha tenido que romper puertas, ha tenido que corretear gente, o sea, ha tenido que hacer todo lo que tiene que hacer un policía. Y dice que muchas también ha sido este, parar a la gente para, porque están haciendo algo indebido en la calle. Este, automáticamente eso lo pone en riesgo. Pero él dice que el, 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 el trabajo de él es meticuloso. Es un trabajo donde eh, se les enseña, él enseña a sus jóvenes. Como él es capitán, él está en un nivel donde él está entrenando a los policías constantemente. Él tiene que decirles que cuando ellos van a hacer un tipo de arresto, sobre todo cuando se trata de violencia doméstica, tienen que parquearse no en la misma casa, parquearse en los otros lados, estar cerca, observar el ambiente completamente, ver lo que está pasando y darse cuenta y protegerse, protegerse porque ya está en los tiempos de protección. So basically, when they go to, when you guys go to like uh serve a warrant or um i'm sorry or pick up somebody for domestic violence you guys gotta really take care of yourselves because you don't know if that guy's gonna come out or or that girl because both ways serves right. nowadays is gonna come aggressive to you guys i think that family violence calls are dangerous the worst uh -huh. yeah and that's you, what i heard you use tactics jenny that you learn in the patrol school, patrol school? through okay. experience and through your training partners and working with other officers it You used to try to be as safe as you can, not just for you, but also for the violator, the person you're going to arrest. Because exactly. at the end of the day, everybody wants to go home safely. Exactly. Right? And then, no, Most. even if it's a violator, you need to respect their rights. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, and that's that's a big deal. You know, we don't we don't just arrest people. 
we have to have probable cause to arrest. Uh, when you're talking about things that have occurred in the past, we get warrants for arrest. Exactly. Search warrants to enter their home. Legal paperwork from a judge to go do our job. Okay. So we follow the law and the Fourth Amendment. And then that's another thing somebody asked me. Are you guys able to go into our houses and take our guns away from us? That uh, if you're going to take someone's guns away from you, you should have a warrant. To That's do the that, only way. Whether they, yeah, right. A judge is going to tell you to do that. Whether they were used in a crime or for some other reason. Are you thinking something in particular? No, I'm thinking because they say, well, if it comes to push the show later on in life, you know, the police can come and take all, all our guns away and we're not, we're going to end up like China. And I say, well, you know something, I don't think right. it's going to happen here, but you know, is due to the constitution, we're not allowed, you guys are not allowed right. to do we that. We have a state, a, a Texas state constitution and a U.S. constitution that give us those fundamental protections. That you, we're not allowed to. Yeah, That's okay, correct. perfect. It's okay. I'm going to clarify that because some of the people are afraid of that too okay. that in the community because some, they're, they're voting members of the community and they're like if you have this gun they can come and take it away we're not able to speak freely we're not gonna. so those right. are things that you know we're kind of like trying to understand and defer from the gossiping and knowing the right through from you guys right Dice, la única manera que, el, que, que ellos pueden entrar a tu casa y quitarte la arma es porque eh, tu arma ha sido involucrada o la arma que tú poseías en algún tipo de criminalidad. Mientras tanto, que ellos tengan un, un, tienen que tener un warrant para hacer un search, para entrar a tu casa y registrar. Tienen que tenerlo. Sin eso no pueden entrar. Una. Dos. Tienen que tener la, el conocimiento de una probabilidad de que esa arma ha sido utilizada en otro crimen. Quizás tú no lo hiciste o no eras tú, pero fue utilizada anteriormente en otro crimen y se necesita para balística, se necesita para, para muchas cosas. ¿Ok? Y él dice, le pregunto yo, siempre me han preguntado, señora Jenny, ¿usted cree que nos van a quitar las armas, que el gobierno va a entrar como en China y va a quitarnos las armas a todos los ciudadanos y nos vamos a poner? Dice, no. La Constitución de los Estados Unidos está establecida y la Constitución de Texas, donde los, no pueden entrar a las casas y tocar, quitarle las, almas al a las armas al pueblo. El, eso es, está en contra de la ley automáticamente. Al menos que haga una causa probable. Vuelvo repito, si usted tiene un problema así, es porque hubo una causa probable. Pero no van a entrar a todas las comunidades a quitarnos todas las armas porque eso no lo hacen. Aquí está usted protegida por la Constitución de 1776 y la Constitución de Texas. Ellos están claritos con eso y eso es lo que ellos hacen para proteger. Sir. What else would you recommend? What is the, the things that you don't want us to be afraid and the things that you want us to pay close attention nowadays that you have encountered like every day in your work? It's broad. Uh, Fraud. No okay. broad. Uh, I was thinking that, let me go back to something we didn't talk about. When okay. we're talking about traffic stops, I think that a lot of people come in contact with law enforcement through traffic enforcement, right? Because All of us drive. We commute to go to work. We commute to go home. We drive to grocery stores and stuff. And law enforcement, that's where we come in contact with people a lot. So when someone stops, we talk about pulling over to the right-hand exactly. side of the road, right? Exactly. Roll your window down. Exactly. Have your driver's license and your financial responsibility ready so when that officer walks up, they can be put at ease a little bit, too, by seeing that you've got these things already, that you're doing things that indicate to them that you're complying with the law. The you're, law. You're going to be someone that they can talk to, someone that they can deal with amicably. 
that that traffic stop will go as designed. It, so we use a seven-step violator contact. Okay. Is what our agency, Constable's Office, Constable Cash has a policy that we use a seven-step violator contact. Mm -hmm. And that's what the Department of Public Safety, the Highway Patrol, uses also. Okay. So when a policeman comes up to your window, they should basically greet you. Mm -hmm. Hello, my name's Wesley Doolittle. Or I probably won't say my first name. Hello, I'm mm -hmm. West, uh, with Constable's Office. Mm -hmm. And tell you why they stopped you. You're being stopped in reference to your speed. Okay. So they're going to interact with you, and they're going to give you some information up front. Tell you who they are and why they stopped you. Okay. Right? They're going to ask you for your driver license and your financial responsibility to identify you. Mm -hmm. Right? And then they'll check the conditions of your vehicle. You may notice that they would walk up, look at your inspection Exactly. Sticker, walk around your car maybe, exactly. look at your front license plate to see that your car is in proper condition, mm -hmm. right? Exactly, sir. Uh, next thing they should do is come back to you and tell you what action they're going to take. Okay. Um, you need to stop for your speed. You're going to receive a citation or you're going to receive a warning. Exactly. And then they will take that action. They'll write the ticket or warning and they'll give it to you, mm -hmm. explain to you what you must do, mm -hmm. and then leave. Exactly. And that's the last step. Okay. And yeah. that was a, it's an easy thing. It's an e I'm yes. sorry, sir. I've been stopping my life like three times yes. and, and never speeding, uh, always because of a, a tire that was low one time and no, or this time that they stopped me because of the right. Mm -hmm. But I, I guess because I don't run away from the police officers and I love them to death, <laughs> I comply with everything right away. I have my insurance on time. I have my tickets expired. One time it was expired. And okay. and I told him I was going to, because I was having a red light in my car and I couldn't pass the inspection. Yes. And the police officer was nice enough to tell me, okay, go on, because I show him the paper. And he's like, okay, go as soon as possible, try to take care of that because they're going to, they can put you a ticket because of this. Okay. So he, he was very nice to yes. do that. Not everybody does that, you know? You know, I don't think it hurts to ask for a warning. Exactly. If, if you're stopped in a police office and you're... So we're, asked, we're able to ask for a warning? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. I Pink thought that was down. given by you guys. That's something that the community doesn't know. See, right. <laughs> I'm thinking I've, you I've either people. put the stop or put the warning, either <laughs> or. You know, I think that uh, people, uh, if they ask, they, they could do that. It's officer's discretion to issue a citation or not. Okay. Some policies uh, dictate whether officer must issue a citation. Okay. So, you know, DPS, they didn't let you write. When I was a trooper, you couldn't write a warning for no valid driver license or no driver license. You had to write a ticket. Ticket, okay. give a warning. Wow. So there's some things. But I tell my, my kids, if you're stopped to ask, uh, to apologize for their speed or their driving behavior or whatever it is, the reason they're stopped, and ask if you could write me a warrant, I'd appreciate it. Okay. Le pregunté al principio qué era lo que él le diría a la comunidad hispana para que nosotros entendiéramos qué es lo que puede hacer para poderle ayudar a trabajar mejor. Él dice que quiere irse directamente al área donde estamos hablando de lo que es los tickets que ponen en la calle. ¿Cómo, cuan, cómo puedes tú hacer el trabajo más fácil para ti? y para el policía que te para. Cuando el policía te para, ponte y parqueate del lado derecho, no del lado izquierdo, del lado derecho, de manera que tú te des permiso al, al, a que las personas sigan andando. Pagas tus luces, apagas todo y bajas de una vez tu, tu, tu eh, ventana. La bajas, buscas tu cédula, 
o tu licencia o lo que tú tengas, busca la identificación, busca el seguro del carro y los papeles de carro para cuando él venga, él te esté viendo que tú estás buscando eso porque ellos te están viendo. O sea, él llega donde ti y se va a parar y te va a decir, mi nombre es Wesley Ludiro o Officer Ludiro, te estoy parando y te tiene que decir automáticamente por qué te está parando. Tú no le tienes que preguntar por qué me está parando. Él te lo tiene que decir. Te lo tienen que decir automáticamente. Te estoy parando porque has violado los límites de, 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 de carrera de la, de, del área. O sea, si te pasaste de, 10, de 35, decía, y tú estás a 45, estás hablando de 10 millas más por hora de lo que tenías que ir en el área. Él tiene el derecho de pararte y te tiene que dar un ticket. Simplemente él va donde ti profesionalmente te se presenta, te dice por qué te está parando y te pide la, la información. Chequea tu carro. Él va por adelante del carro a ver si tienes la placa correcta del carro y se va por la parte de atrás y chequea tu carro y va viendo. Va viendo en el carro para ver si hay algo que no está de acuerdo. En ese momento, si tú tienes droga, se va a dar cuenta. En ese momento, si tienes alcohol, se va a dar cuenta. Todo eso lo va a estar mirando porque lo miran. Ellos miran y ellos observan a la persona. Y si la persona se pone nerviosa, peor es la situación. Si la persona se pone a pelear, peor es la situación porque ellos van a, a, a implementar la ley. La van a implementar, aunque usted no lo quiera, lo van a implementar. Él va a ir atrás, va a sacar su, su información y si usted tiene un warrant de arrest o si usted tiene algún problema que ha anteriormente ha estado hundido DWI y tiene alcohol en el carro, lo va a ver. Le va a levantar el carro, le va a poner, lo va a mandar a, hacer el, el, a soplar porque está pensando ya en ese momento de que ya usted tiene una trayectoria y que eso le está afectando. Pero usted lo que en vez de pelear con ellos, Hable con ellos, comuníquese con ellos, hágale el trabajo a usted más fácil. Es más, me acaba de decir que si usted no tiene ningún problema, su récord está limpio, usted puede pedirles a ellos hasta que le dé un warrant. Un warrant significa, un warrant significa, no un warrant, ¿cómo se llama? Un warning. Un warning significa una, una notita de, hey, te estoy avisando para que pongas atención que estás haciendo esto mal y tienes que corregirlo. Ellos, si tienen el corazón para hacerlo, lo hacen y con mucho gusto lo hacen porque se puede pedir. Yo le preguntaba que yo pensaba que nada más o te dan el ticket o te dan el warning. Me dice no, tú puedes pedir el warning, lo puedes pedir y pedir que por favor, eh, que, que tuviste problemas, que por favor y le explica tu situación, ellos te dan el warning y tú te dejan ir. Pero no te pueden dar el, los, los troopers, o sea, la, los, los, los policías del Estado, los que están en las carreteras grandes, no pueden darte un warning si tu licencia está expirada o si no tienes el seguro del carro. No lo pueden hacer. Te tienen que dar un ticket o pueden hasta levantarte el carro y venir a que te vengan a recoger, porque eso lo, eso lo tienen que hacer. Sir, that's a lot of information and that's good right. because people don't understand how they can prevent further things okay. by, by just working in in community, working in association with a cop, you know, he's not here to harm me. He's to tell me, Jenny, you are not doing right. You need to correct these items. And right. that's for the safety, or not only for your safety, for the safety of everybody around you yes. and us. And that's something that we need to take in consideration, sir. Absolutely. We, have, we should, like, um, we should all have insurance, right? If we exactly. make a mistake and we tear someone else's property up, our insurance should be able to take care of that for Exactly. Them. Exactly. Todos tenemos que tener seguro. Todos tenemos que estar responsables de nuestros actos. Nosotros somos lo que podemos dañar a, o, o, o a apagar el sistema por el solo sentido de, 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 de cómo nosotros tratamos a los policías. Si ve un policía, no es su enemigo. Un trooper, un constable, un 
sheriff, un eh, policía regular. They're not your enemies. Ellos no son tus enemigos. Ellos son las personas que te están, ellos, ellos juran, juraron que van a defenderte a ti, que te van a proteger a ti, que no te va a pasar a ti nada. Si no, no los confundas con ICE. Con, con inmigración. No confundas a estos policías con inmigración. Ellos no van a llamar a inmigración. Ellos no tienen esa posibilidad todavía. No está declarado eso. Eso es mentira. Ahora, si tú tienes un problema criminal, una hoja de 20 páginas criminal, entonces sí vas a estar en problemas. I'm telling them, not to confuse you guys with immigration. You guys are not immigration officers. You guys are there just to abide by the law and do the things that are correctly. Now, But if you have a 20-page or 30-page criminal record, be careful because, yes, you're going to get deported, and, yes, you're going to get out. <laughs> you're going to go to jail, okay? That, that's, we have to say that nowadays, sir, sir, okay. because the truth is it has to be said. I always tell them directly, over here in Bosa State Action, we're here to tell you the truth. We're not going to color code it, right. okay? And the truth is that's why everything on my logos are black and white. And I know okay. my, even my producer, Dick, the owner, he says, he's like, you're too, I'm like, yeah, I have to be. Clear, because if we color code things now, sir, we're not we're lying. We cannot be in the middle, right? Okay, and you know why, okay? So it was, it's been a pleasure talking to you, sir. Oh yes, ma'am. Thank you so much for your service, for your Thank years you. of service. Thanks to your wife and your family sacrifice, you. your parents. God bless them, because to me, it's like they know that their kid is out there. And exposing to this crazy world, and I'm gonna pray for you every day of my life <laughs> because I want you working here because you Thank have you. provided so much mental illness. We're gonna talk about that with um, a little bit on on. I know there's a hotline and they need to know about the hotline on mental illness and you have those cases. Le estoy diciendo las gracias porque vamos a cerrar casi casi el, el programa, pero quiero que sepan que ellos también se encargan de las personas con problemas mentales. What is the hotline for mental illness? Do you know the number or any chance? Most, most of the time when we come in contact with someone, it's through uh, dispatch. Dispatch? Or, yes. So the 911 in case of mental illness? Or someone calls non-emergency numbers that someone in their family is having a problem. Well, I put your numbers right there on my website. Okay. Just, to, just so I knew okay. you probably would not be right now, but I put your numbers right there. And if okay. they need to call, they can call. And there's somebody that will speak Spanish? Uh, we have several Spanish Several speakers. Spanish. Spanish. Okay. Si usted necesita ayuda con alguien con problemas mentales puede llamar al 911 o puede llamar también al número que aparece en mi en el website con, con lo que se va a publicar este show este ahí está el número de la oficina del, del capitán Duliru eh, usted puede llamar por teléfono ellos hablan español cualquier pregunta no se piense que emigración por usted necesitar algo no quiera voluntariar la información si usted ve algo malo llame y repórtelo If you see something wrong, they need to call and report it. They're not immigration, okay? Ellos van a llegar allí, van a ayudarle. Si usted está en problema de violencia doméstica, hable antes que se vuelva una víctima. I'm letting them know if they're domestic violence, they need to call. They yes. need to call because you don't want to be a victim, no. okay? And especially this month of October that yes. we celebrate the Domestic Violence Month. Este mes se celebra el mes de la violencia doméstica. Estos señores están trabajando día 24-7 para mantenernos vivos. Por favor, si usted tiene un problema de violencia doméstica, llame a los números que están ahí. Si no puede llamarme a mí, 832-732-4744. Estamos para servirle. 
Thank you, Wesley. God bless you. Thank, Thank you, you for being in my show, sir. And it's a pleasure. I need to bring your boss, and I will bring your boss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he'll be glad to come on and see you. I want you to tell uh, folks that law enforcement's a resource for them. They're okay. not an oversight. They're a resource. They're here. Uh, we are here for them to call when they need us. Quiere que les diga que la, la policía es un recurso, no es una, un, un daño para ustedes, sino un recurso. Ellos están ahí para sus llamadas, para sus necesidades, 24-7, 364 días al, día, al año. Así que piensen bien, cuando necesitamos, ellos nos van a ayudar, no otra persona. Thank you so much, sir. God bless you. Gracias por estar con nosotros en Voces en Acción. Nos vemos en nuestro próximo show. Thank you so much for being Voces in Action. And we'll see you in the next show. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hey, this is Jenny from Voces en Acción. First Financial Bank can help those who wish to purchase their own home but do not have a social security. Their IT and home loan can be a perfect option for those in that situation. They're able to be reached and they can help you at 936-439-1800. That number is 936-439-1800. The American dream, it is at the reach with First Financial Bank. First Financial Bank, it is an equal housing lender, member of FIDC. Hola, soy yo, Jenny, de Voces en Acción, y vamos a hablar sobre nuestro patrocinador, First Financial Bank. First Financial Bank le puede ayudar a quienes desean comprar su propia casa, pero no tienen un número de seguro social. El préstamo hipotecario de ITN puede ser una opción perfecta para quienes están en esta situación. Estamos aquí para ayudarles y los puede contactar al 936-439-1800. El número es 936-439-1800. El sueño americano está al alcance con First Financial Bank. Prestamista de vivienda adquisitiva, miembro FIDC. Buenos días, buenas tardes, buenas noches, donde quiera que usted está. Y <coughs> pido disculpas por mi voz. Estoy un poquito under the weather, estaba lloviendo. Y me mojé, y claro, como siempre, la, la, la sinusitis nos ataca a todos aquí en el área de Houston. No, mi nombre es Jenny Rosales, como les he dicho anteriormente. Soy la host el, o la anfitriona de Voces en Acción. Y trayéndole las cosas de importancia de nuestra ciudad y lo que pasa alrededor del mundo. Eh, eh, tomo la oportunidad para este, eh, estar con ustedes y compartir las cosas que están pasando. Ahorita estamos en, en votación eh, eh, temprana en, en, en el área de Houston y en los alrededores, en todo Texas, en el estado de Texas, eligiendo proposiciones y mandatos y leyes que... Eh, eh, sirven para engrandecer o, o al mismo tiempo dar más productividad o más este énfasis a nuestros condados o municipios o este el mismo las ciudades en las cuales estamos viviendo este por favor si usted puede votar hágase partícipe de ir a votar porque es, no solamente es su derecho sino es su deber como ciudadano de los Estados Unidos de mantenerse al día con todas las leyes que le afectan a usted eh, a usted, sus hijos y a su familia Good afternoon, good day, whatever you are Jenny Rosales and I'm sorry for the cranky voice right now the weather is killing us it's a rainy day in, in Texas and, and, and we are bringing you the most that we can uh, in regards to what's going on with our um, area uh, Montgomery County Conroe 
Texas and all over the world as well. Um, Jenny Rosales, your, bo your voice for Voces en Acción. Voces en Acción is, is trying to bring the most information so you guys are up to date with the things that are going in our cities. And right now we're in the middle of uh, early elections um, uh, for November, which are um, starting, uh, started the, on the, at the beginning of, uh, of the October Uh, now it's going to go all the way until, I think, this week, the end of this week, and then on the 7th is the day of the elections. I will urge you to go and vote. Um, people don't take um, seriously the voting sessions that we have uh, through the years, and uh, they only go and vote for president and uh, big big uh, presidential elections instead of thinking that there's um, we are... Uh, a state rule um, country. That means every every state has their own rule and the, every state has their own government. So that means if you have to go and vote and select your judges or select your, um, your uh, commissioners or even the police officers, you're making an impact in your community. So I will urge you to go and see. I guess we're voting for proposals a lot, and we're worthy. I think the um, Montgomery County in the in the Woodlands Township, uh, Municipio of Woodlands, Woodlands Township, that's what I call it, uh, they're electing, again, positions for the, the board. Uh, so if you can please make sure you do the research, look in your pages, read, Read before you vote and make sure that you make the correct choices. So we'll, you know, you will late later on cannot complain that nothing was done or things that were not that you wanted it. Um, that's a, just a suggestion. Like I said, Voces en Acción is here just to educate you and give you the information so you can take action on the information that you receive. We're not here to tell you what to do, and we're not here to give us or public opinion, uh, it, it is up to you. We give you the, the rights to choose. And that's the way that uh, uh, the professional um, ways of um, uh, journalism should be in every aspect, in all the networks. Um, the other thing is that we are having um, a lot of um, questions that I have received though in regards to Ukraine and Israel and all these wars that we're getting into and or my position about it to tell you the truth I I do not give my position out but I'm going to say something uh, directly if we're able to vote for the right government government officials that will make the right decisions in regards to those laws that's what we have to that's one of the reasons why we have to vote and make sure that our voices are taken on there if you're against those wars and you're not able to you know you need you need to express it by voting is the way that you do it um, there's a uh, unfortunate things that happen that you know we cannot control uh um for example in maine uh, what happened uh, about two days ago on the shooting uh, we're in it you know we need to we need to start thinking about what is it is wrong with our our just judicial system that we're not letting we're not we're letting those criminals out in the street uh what is it that is wrong with our mental health system that people that are mentally ill that are serving that have served for our community are going in, in into that type of uh Uh, violence against humanity. Uh, I am, you know, deeply sorry about the things that are happening right now. But at the same time, we need to just make sure 
we are safe and we take action on those issues. Quiero decirles que gracias a las votaciones que ustedes hagan, que ustedes vayan a votar, hacen cambios específicos en la gobernatura. Me han preguntado sobre qué es lo que pienso sobre Irán, eh, cómo se llama, sobre Israel y, y Palestina y la guerra y también lo que pienso sobre lo que está pasando en Ucrania. En estos momentos lo único que le puedo decir una cosa, cuando usted va a votar, usted hace el cambio directamente desde su voto. Eh, usted elige a los gobernadores, a los alcaldes, a usted elige a los congresistas. Los congresistas son los que hacen el cambio en el área del con Congreso de los Estados Unidos y ellos son los que dan la prueba sobre el dinero que va para esas guerras que quizás no son necesarias o son necesarias según lo, su punto de vista. Entonces, automáticamente yo le yo le pido que tome acción en sus votaciones, que se eduque, que lea las plataformas de cada persona que vota, que va a votar usted por ahora y en marzo, porque en marzo va a haber elecciones nuevamente, y que son las primarias, y de nuevo en noviembre, que son las presidenciales. Lea las plataformas de cada, un, cada persona que usted va a elegir, estudie, averigüe, aprenda, y entonces tome la decisión correcta, no lo que yo le quiera decir o lo que le diga la noticia, no, sino lo que usted quiera leer y entender. Este, gracias por estar con Voces en Acción. Hemos estado en un mes muy, muy atareados tratando de conseguir la información y, como le digo, tratando de asegurarnos de que la verdad esté en acción y se deja. Estamos trabajando en los talleres de educación eh, personal que están siendo dados todos los lunes a las seis y media de la tarde eh, en, la, en el Centro Educacional de Conro, en el 1111 de la Lake Grand Road. Ahí estamos, eh, su servidora, y con cada lunes con una este, diferente, eh, un diferente, una persona que va a venir a hablar, un speaker que nos va a dar, eh, sea el tema elegido para ese lunes, su opinión y su este, eh, eh, información para que podamos educarnos. Este, los invito para que vayan personalmente al 111 Lakeland Road este, en Conroe, Texas y este, los, a las 6 de la tarde, 6 y media de la tarde, los lunes eh, comenzaremos, tuvimos dos sesiones que no tuvimos, que fue la, la sesión pasada y la de este lunes, pero comenzamos nuevamente el 6 de noviembre a hacer las, las sesiones a las 6 y media. Comuníquense al teléfono 832-732 4447, um, 832-732-4447, eh, para que pueda hablar con nosotros y decirnos, eh, y nosotros le daremos la información. The other thing uh, is I'm, I'm giving out the information that we're doing. Voces en Acción is working with the community and for the community. And we're doing our um, workshops, free workshops for the community in Spanish. And some of the classes are bilingual. They're at 6.30 p.m. with the Centro Educational of Conroe, Conroe Educational Center. And uh, basically over there is uh, at 6.30 on Mondays. We're starting again our next session on Monday the 6th of November. And we're going to have... Um, different speakers that are going to be coming and talking to the community, whether it's a bilingual or a fully Spanish, that will be published in our website. Uh, again, if you want to talk to us or if you want to reach us, if you have something to say or if you're, you want to be a guest of our show, you can call us at 832-732-4744. Again, 832-732-4744. And I'm here at your service. Uh, if you're able to talk to the community about your work, and about what is it that you want to give your word uh, about so the community can reach out to you and learn from your experience. That'll be nice. You can contact us. The other thing, uh, 
I, again, I we're in a partnership with uh, Lone Star Community Radio. Lone Star Community Radio is a nonprofit organization that has served and is serving the community. And thanks to them, thanks to Dick Sisler and uh, the, the the way that he's working with us and letting us be in the air, uh, we both, as uh, both in action and Lone Star, we depend on your donation. So if you're in interested of you know giving donations and supporting the radio station or supporting us Voices in Action you can contact us at www.irlonestar.com backslash Victor EA and you can see right there the uh, donation button or the this or the how to call the um support because we have sponsors our sponsors uh they they want to continue our work and I have to give a shout out again to First Financial Bank. They're always sponsoring us and being part of the community and they're always with us. Thank you so much First Financial Bank. Nuevamente quiero darle las gracias a Lone Star Community Radio por estar con nosotros, por apoyarnos, por mantenernos al aire. Si no fuera porque ellos están ayudándonos, no estaría yo con ustedes hoy día y no pudiera comunicarles, comunicarles la información dada específica para ayudarlos. Eh, si usted quiere pertenecer a uno, venir a la radio, hablar con nosotros, comuníquese 832-732-4744, 832-732-4744. Si usted cree que lo que usted está haciendo por la comunidad tiene que saberlo todo el mundo, por favor llámeme para poder entablar una conversación con usted y traerlo aquí a la radio para que hable. Eh, nosotros somos una corporación pequeña, eh, somos eh, eh, non-profits o, o sin lucro, sin fines de lucro, lo mismo que el nuestra community radio y nos basamos en donaciones y en el, en el soporte que ustedes nos dan. Este, si usted está interesado en donar, puede hacerlo mediante www.irlonestar.com guión atravesado B chiquita EA punto eh, perdón, lonestar.com guión atravesado BEA, disculpa, disculpen, allí puede contactarnos, puede entrar en Facebook, puede estar en, puede estar, usted entrar en, 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 ¿cómo se llama? En YouTube y buscar Voces en Acción y automáticamente también les dará el link para que pueda comunicarse con nosotros y como siempre mi teléfono a la orden para cualquier in, eh, iniciativa o pregunta que usted tenga para que nos mantenga al aire siempre como nuestros patrocinantes, como siempre First Financial Bank está siempre con nosotros patrocinándonos y están ahí para la comunidad, para servir la comunidad. Este, gracias a First Financial Bank este, por lo que están haciendo por nosotros. Y hoy día tenemos un especial, un guest especial, un invitado especial, el cual nos va a hablar sobre las cosas que nosotros tenemos que hacer para prevenir eh, para estar informados sobre lo que es cómo, cómo tratar a la policía. Él es el capitán Wesley Duliro del Departamento 1, del Precinto 1, con el constable, el señor Philip Cash. Ellos están trabajando en el Distrito 1, en el Área 1 Norte de aquí de Conroe y eh, se especializan en la salvaguardia de todos nosotros en la comunidad. Él viene a hablar con nosotros acerca de lo que nosotros podemos hacer para prevenir los asaltos, para prevenir las cosas, cómo, cómo trabaja nuestro sistema de policía, qué es lo que podemos hacer, cómo podemos educarnos y prevenir cualquier tipo de crímenes 
en nuestra área. Ellos trabajan también con el gobierno en la prevención mental. Ustedes necesitan cualquier tipo de contacto. Siempre llame al 911, automáticamente les comunica al, al precinto de su área y ellos automáticamente les pueden ayudar. Siempre que vea algo que no le convenga, algo raro, no se quede callado y denuncie. Aquí en este país la policía no tiene ningún tipo de poder sobre migración y emigración o contacto con emigración. Simple y sencillamente la única manera que eso puede pasar es que usted tenga un récord criminal. Y si usted tiene un récord criminal, como lo dije anteriormente, eso es automáticamente no llame a la policía porque lo van a levantar. Eso va con cualquiera que lo sepa. Si usted tiene su récord limpio, usted está tratando de defender a un ser humano que está en peligro, llame al 911. El 911 le va a asistir en español y en inglés para poder salvar su vida. Again, like I said, uh, uh, we have every week a guest and today I have the honor of having Captain Wesley Doolittle. He's with uh, President One uh, over the Conf Constable Philip Cash office, and he's working for the community. He's an amazing guy that has taken his time to share with us the, you know, how to prevent things and how to use the police towards your success. No, you know, and to share that the police officers are with us, not against us. So those things he was going to express, and the conversation was very, very lengthy, but very successful. We were able to learn a lot from him. And uh, like I said to everybody, if you know that you're, you, that you're seeing that there's a crime that is being watched at the moment and you need to call 911, go ahead and do so. Not, do not keep it to yourself. Save somebody's life because we can save people. We can help people by calling 911 because that's why we have the police officers. And here in Montgomery County, we do back up the blue. So basically, if we can go ahead and call them, let them know what's going on, there will be no benefits and they will be able to help us. Now, if you have a criminal record, do not call them because you're not gonna, you're gonna be picked up. You know that. And if you're doing the wrong thing over there, remember, there's gonna be a day they're gonna pull you up and you're gonna be in jail. So at this point, you need to take care of that business that you need to take it with the, with the, with the, with the, with the police officers and be clean. Continue being a clean citizen of the United States. That's what we are. That's why we're here. And again, thank you so much for your presence with Voces uh, en Acción. Um, I'm here to support the community. I'm here to support the blue. I'm here to support everything that is right for the health of our, our citizens. Gracias nuevamente por estar con nosotros. Miren el show con Wesley Doolittle. Él va a estar hablando en español con nosotros, yo traduciendo como siempre y actualizándonos las cosas que podemos hacer. Yo personalmente y Voces en Acción apoyamos las cosas correctas de la, ciudad, de la ciudadanía, las cosas buenas, no las cosas malas. Ayudamos a las personas y ayudamos y apoyamos a la policía porque es de nosotros mantenernos como buenos ciudadanos de este país. Gracias nuevamente por estar con nosotros y que pasen buenas tardes a continuación Wesley Doolittle. Gracias por estar con nosotros. Thank you for being with us and next is going to be our conversation with Captain Wesley Doolittle. Thank you so much. Bye bye.